Welcome, everybody, to Blue Collar Startup. I'm your host, Mike Nelson. Uh, Derek Foster, not with us this week. Sorry, Derek. We had a little scheduling snafu there. But I am here with Mark Miller. Uh, very excited to have you here, Mark, and I really appreciate you coming and uh, on not a lot of notice. And you have a, a lot of things that we could we could say you are, right? AmeriClean, Performance Industrial, and now your new venture, which I know we're going to have you back on with Drew at some point to talk about that. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Uh, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what, you're, what you did, do. <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your story anyway. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I am very uh, glad to be here, yeah. and I'm very grateful to be here. I, I really appreciate the invite, yeah. and I just I love talking about business. I love talking about entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, 40 years ago, I couldn't even say entrepreneur. I still can't <laughs> spell it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, basically my story is I... Um, I grew up in a small town in Vermont named Randolph, and I, I was uh, proud to be in the the 10% of the class that made the top 90% possible. I thought that was a great quote in your and, story there. you know, basically it's, you know, like a lot of people that hate a school, I couldn't wait to get out. And, um, you know, I, I got right out of high school and I got a job offer in Texas from a friend that was touring the country on his motorcycle, and he calls up and says, hey, uh, I'm working for a company down here that they need a truck driver. Are you interested? And uh, I said, yeah, I'm interested. Let's let's go. And he he says, he puts me on hold for a minute. He gets, gets back and he goes, you got a, a 10 o'clock flight out of Burlington, Vermont. I go, okay, I'll be there. And so right out of high school, I started driving cross country, totally illegal because I was only 18. <laughs> and, you know, I went down and hopped in a truck and brought it up to, uh, Pennsylvania never drove a truck before, never drove a tractor trailer, but here I am. That's you know? funny. And you know, I, I did. Uh, I kind of job hopped around different things for a few years, and ended up, uh, you know, getting married and having having uh, my first kid, and and I was still driving, and it got to the point where you know I was missing missing the family growing up. Yeah, you know, I said, well, I got to come off the road. And do something different. But, you know, that's all I, once again, back to I just barely graduated high school, no college, no intention of going to college. Yeah. And uh, actually, I talked to my uncle, who it's funny because he lived uh, less than 300 yards from where we're at right now. And, oh, and, no uh, kidding? In Boston, he owned Saratoga Auto Visual right up the road. And he was an entrepreneur at heart. And he gave me a copy of Entrepreneur Magazine. And in it, there was an ad for AmeriClean. It was a mobile power wash franchise where mm -hmm. they said, you can make money uh, by washing trucks, which I knew how to do, and washing houses and pressure washing this and that. And I go, that's that's for me. You know, yeah. it's one of those life-changing moments. If he didn't give me that magazine, I, I don't know what I'd be doing sure. right now. You know? And so... Um, you know, we bought this AmeriClean franchise. We were the uh, 17th franchise they sold. And within a year, they were up over 120. Oh, my God. Within two years, they were broke. Went out of business. And come to find out, they didn't own the the copyright to the name they chose. And um, they got in big trouble over that. Interesting. And it, you know, I learned over the years. I didn't realize it then, but I realized that. You know, after I learned a lot about business, they were excellent salespeople, just lousy managers. <laughs> you know, they, they did not have, they did not think things through. Yeah. You know, they didn't have a business plan. Just like I didn't have a business plan when I started. It was simply dinner. Right. And drinks, of course. But, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and that was that way for a couple of years and a few years. Just make enough money to pay the bills today, you know. Yeah. And we grew quickly and um, started adding employees. And, oh, I think 86, within like seven or eight years, we had like 40 people. No kidding. Working. And it was, it was nuts. I was over my head. And, yeah. you know, I, uh, it's actually when I found my first business consultant. And um, 
I I met with them and said, look, I, I gotta I gotta do something here. I, I can't handle this. I'm just it's yeah. stressful. Like you know, I don't you know, I, I think I want to sell the business. I want to get out and I want to sell it. I just need to do something else. And he he told me about this book and uh, called uh, the E Myth. Yeah. And he actually gave me a copy of it. He says, Mark, you got to read this. That's a great book. Yeah. You got to read this. I go, yeah, yeah. uh, Okay. I will. But yeah, but how do you, how can you help me? Right. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. How can you help me? I, I just, this is broke fast and I need, I need help. And, uh, you know, they started to help me. I didn't read the book, but they, they started to help me. And I said, well, Mark, what you need to do in order to sell your company, you need to get it to run without you. Right. Because nobody wants to buy a company that's dependent on one person. Yeah. And I had that company. Yeah, because then they have I to did. become that person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Norman. So we spent a couple years uh, um, working, on, uh, working on ways to help me understand about, you know, delegating some things and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, we, we were working towards that. And I... Uh, went to this trade show. It was probably um, Pressure Washers of America, you know, yes. this trade organization. And they had Michael Gerber there as a speaker. And go, geez, I recognize that name. Who's that guy? You know, it turned out to be the author of The E-Myth. And I just loved listening to him. And yeah. I mean, I signed up with his program right there, you know, and finally, and read the book. I mean, within three nights, I was, you know, Hooked. Drinking the drinking the juice, yeah, yeah, you know, and that's how it all started. And uh, the fellow that gave that that book to me, there's two people that told me I had to read the book: Stan Simpkins and Rob Matthews. I both, know Stan, you know, my first, you know, first so-called consultants that yeah. I ever had, and uh, you know, I love them and hate them still to this day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they, uh, they, you know, they were hard on me. They, yeah. they made me realize what I was doing and not doing, and you know, and what I was capable of, and realizing that hey, I'm the only person that can change that is me. And so it led to, um, you know, it, you know. So a few years went by, and following their principles and the myth principles, and I realized business got a lot better. My stress went down mm-hmm. and, you know, I started hiring some managers and I didn't have to be there every single moment. And I go, wow, what? This is becoming easier. Why would I want to sell this business? Right. It's, I got it running without me. You know, they yeah. were right. You know, and we had put systems in place and hired the right, hired the right people. And, um, you know, it's, it's more about who rather than how. Sure. And, you know, like there's, there's history, you know, and, and decided, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run this business so I can't anymore. And, um, you know, provide a living for a lot of people and end up doing good things for the community. So, um, which I can attest that you have too, by the way, I mean, I've seen it, you know, it's, you're the, the only, the only man, the only person I know that was ever sending his people out to deliver flags on Flag Day. I always thought that was a really cool thing that you did. Um, but also investing in your people. And yeah. I just, I mean, you know, again, I think we met uh, when I was at Sandler, right? Yeah. I think that's how we met. Yeah. Um, and so let me ask you, because out of everyone that we've talked to so far, and I, and just obviously I know you pretty well, how do you, looking back... The, the money that you spent on consultants, coaching, any of that stuff. I, how do you, how do you feel about it now that you look back on it? Money well spent, sometimes a waste, sometimes not. I, uh, spent tens of thousands of dollars working on myself. Yeah. And it started with the e-myth principles. And then I got into, uh, uh, these might not be in particular order, but I started uh, doing some work with Jack Canfield. Mm-hmm. More, you know, and that's more on myself. And that's when I realized, that, hey, I was the big part of the problem here. I needed to change. And then, you know, that led to, um, you know, several seven day workshops I did with that group. Ended up being a, uh, you know, a team member volunteer for helping with their assistant, you know, mm-hmm. in their shows and stuff. Cause they had like four or 500 people there to whack sometimes for a week. 
And so that was just a great experience, hung out with some great people and, you know, then got into, you know, strategic coach, uh, where every quarter I attend a workshop in Chicago with the same mm-hmm. group of about 50 entrepreneurs. And that was just so powerful to take a break from the everyday grind, spend it in a room with 50, 40 to 50 yeah. entrepreneurs of every sort, right from, uh, you know, a, you know, dentist to a lawnmower to, you know, cleaning and painting company like I had. And just, you know, I met some powerful people, mm-hmm. you know, like a bunch of bank owners. I never met an owner of a bank. I mean, you don't think of who owns the banks, but right. this guy owned banks. And I go, wow, I never met an owner of a bank. We all know vice presidents and presidents of bank, sure. but they're just working for the bank. And like, who owns it? Right, right. <laughs> so it's just, it was interesting. I just became a sponge for knowledge. And uh, I just enjoyed learning so much. And that's, I think that's important for anyone to pay attention to. And whether you start uh, reading or listening to podcasts mm-hmm. in, about your industry or about leadership or whether it's about sales or marketing or whether it's becoming a better painter or, you know, uh, whatever, better, better parent, better spouse. There's so much to learn. And, you know, if you're not, if you're not learning, you're dying. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, I'm currently, that's my take on it. I'm currently geeking out on regenerative farming practices. Okay. I, I'm listening to about three hours a day of podcasts and audiobooks on yeah. regenerative farming practices. It's yeah. Very interesting stuff, Mark. It's so much to learn. Just pick something. It's amazing. You know. And, yeah. You know, and, you know, the thing is, too, um, there, there's a few ways to say this. There's a school of thought that um, you become just like the five people that you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. So if you're spending time around other entrepreneurs and other people that are positive thinkers and, you know, really change makers in the in their industry or in the world, you're going to become like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hang around a bunch of guys that are always talking about partying or, you know, drinking every night or, you know, what they're going to do next on their day off, yeah, you become like that. It's your choice. Yeah. Who you want to uh be, be friends with, who you want to hang out with, what material that you want to read, what you want to listen to, what what, what do you want to watch t- uh, watch on TV? Or maybe it's nothing on TV. Yeah. Because there's not much worth watching nowadays. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't watch television anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I gave it up. Very little. Uh, I quit watching the news years ago. Quit reading the local papers years ago. Yeah. It just was nothing in there about personal growth, nothing in there at all about entrepreneurship. There, you know, just, it's void of that. So, hey, I found other ways. Well, I'm going to make sure that we get some content like that on glensfallstoday.com. There you go. That's our new, uh, new, yeah. new media platform we're launching. But yeah. What, um, now, and I love what you said too. I, you know, I can tell you that two experiences and you're involved in one of them, uh, that really had a large impact on my mindset, my career from how I looked at things. One was when I was at Sandler and we used to go to, you yeah. know, we called it going to school. We used yeah. to go to school every quarter. They'd send us to Baltimore. Yeah. We'd be there for, you know, three to five days. And like you said, they just, you're in a room with 500 other people that are just invested in learning. And we, and we, they taught us all sorts of crazy stuff that I still use to this yeah. day. Uh, and the other one was when you sent me out to Chicago to strategic coach. Yeah. What an experience that was. Um, I'm very grateful that you did. Um, actually, probably the third is also involves you is, is when you fired me. I was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's my, your, your claim to fame, Mark, is that you're the only person that ever fired me. That was, I, I love to tell that story. Uh, actually, I'm going to tell it now because I it was great. Uh, it was probably the best way to fire someone I think ever. So if you're listening, I, uh, I showed up to work. And Mar, I think we'd been working together. I'd been working for you for about four or five months. Yeah. I don't think I was doing the job that you had hired me to do. And so rightfully, it was time for me to go. And uh, Mark, I walked into the conference room and 
Mark slid two letters across the table to me and he looks at me and goes, Mike, today's the day that we part company. I got one letter here that says you're fired. I got one letter here that said you quit. Sign one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was great. But I'll tell you, uh, but getting fired, so to speak, like that was one of the best yeah. things that probably yeah. could have happened to me, especially at that time. Because I, I think at that point that helped me understand that I was unemployable. Which I think is a, yeah. a good lesson and, and anyone listening, like sometimes you are just not meant to work for other people. And uh, that was that was a good lesson for me. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Well, um, it, and it's funny because we became better friends afterwards Absolutely. than we did before. Yeah. You know, we were doing business together before. Now, yeah. we're, now we became friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've thought about, uh, you know. I mean, since you and I parted ways, I, you know, sold the, I handed over the reins to uh, Performance Industrial to Bill Miller, my son, and yeah. his wife, Karen. And they're, they're doing great with it. Uh, absolutely great. And, but back to um, what you were saying, and I've realized also that I'm unemployable. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I've done a lot of thinking about, it's kind of like soul searching, you know, about uh, the whole, history of AmeriClean and we changed the name to performance industrial, um, you know, in the last few years and of all the people that came through AmeriClean as employees mm -hmm. and all the, uh, there's a lot of people that had come and gone, mm -hmm. you know, people that, uh, that, you know, that, that came and, and, you know, maybe they found something better, they moved on or, you know, we had to let them go for whatever reason. And a, a lot, the biggest reason was it was either the right people at the wrong time mm -hmm. or the right time at the wrong people. Sure. You know, and me being one of those people. Right. You know, because uh, uh, I'm not saying I'm the perfect boss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I've had some history of not, not being the perfect person, not being a perfect boss. And so there was times where, you know, I was in the wrong place in the wrong moment to have certain people with me. Sure. And I look back, oh man, if you, if you could put a team together, all the people that had come and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It, you know, and now, you know, knowing now what I know now, sure. you know, one yeah, of those, yeah. man, it'd be, it'd be a killer company. Yeah. And we'd all be having a great time together. And, you know, it took my while to, to get that. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, I didn't have a plan for a long time and I, Oh, just swinging you know, it. I did. I did a lot of my hiring for labor at Sandy's. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's the way it was back then. Yeah. There was no Indeed. There's no online. There's no, no special person to help you interview or, you know, no, no culture assessments or. For, for those of you listening that don't know, Sandy's was uh, Sandy's Clam Bar in Glens <laughs> Falls, New York. That was the hot spot on the weekends. Yeah. Um, every night. What are you talking every about? Every night. Yeah, that's true. I forget. <laughs> it they was were, happy hour. The, it was always happy hour at Sandy's. So, um, so now you were AmeriClean for, how long were you AmeriClean for? Oh, so you started in 86, changed the name in, I think it was 2013. 13. Yeah. And then what, what do you, what prompted the, the, the rebrand? Um, a few things. One is that we kind of grew out of the AmeriClean name mm -hmm. and the, the stigmatism or the aura that had with it. A lot of people thought we were carpet cleaners or window washers. And, right. You know, uh, and, you know, in fact, that our business took an industrial turn way back. And most of our work was in industrial manufacturing facilities, mm -hmm. of, you know, from real dirty manufacturing to super clean manufacturing. And, uh, you know, it's all industrial in nature. Yeah. And, you know, a couple things. One, so there was a, you know, confusion about the name. Mm -hmm. And there's another fact that AmeriClean, the reason the franchise folded is because they didn't have the copyright to the name. And a company in Montana did. And I, I met them years ago and I said, will you please let me use the name? I'm just a small guy. It just <laughs> break me to change the company name. I'm just this little guy over in New York. Yeah. You know, I think I paid them like 600 bucks to, to know, be able to use it, to be able to use the name. And, and I said, you know, as I get, you know, I started, you know, had this company that ran without me. I'm going, you know, if I ever want to sell this or hand over the range to somebody, sure, it wouldn't be fair to sell it, sell it or hand over a name yeah. that they could potentially get in big trouble for. Yeah. And so there's that. And, you know, um, 
the whole industrial. We need to have the word industrial in it. The performance industrial came from uh, an analogy that I learned at Strategic Coach, mm-hmm. Dan Sullivan's outfit. He had this uh, thing called front stage, backstage. Yeah. You probably heard, I learned, remember that, learned yeah. about that. And like every every company has is like a performance. And like like take uh performance industrial, my AmeriClean guys. They were they were out cleaning and painting and pressure washing and sandblasting. They were the front stage, you know? Yeah. You could sit and watch them and they're you know, you could that's the that was the performance part. Mm-hmm. And Dan Sullivan's analogy, that was that was the front stage people. The backstage people are the guys, uh, guys and girls in the office, you know, doing the payroll, doing the marketing, doing the selling, doing the, uh, all the stuff that needed to be done off, you know, out of the public view, mm-hmm. but extremely important. So, you know, I, I, I took this front stage backstage thing into consideration when we're thinking of these new names and all of a sudden the word performance came in. It's like, that's like a play, like a, you know, Mm -hmm. front stage performance. And that's, there's where that name came from. Okay. Thanks to um, some work we did with Allegory Studios, Teresa Agresta and her team helped with that. Yeah. Uh, My wife, Michelle, was the one that, why don't we just call it performance? It's like, why didn't you say that? Three months ago, and I could have saved thirty grand. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because Teresa—they have a great process for oh, going great. through the archetyping yes. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah she, she was, was a, she first introduced me to archetyping yeah. actually, and yeah. I, I just think that's such a fascinating practice oh, for branding. Yeah. What a huge help that was. Yeah, you know, m- meeting her and learning about the all uh, <laughs> all the um, there's another word for it. I can't think, but yeah. Um, Great person, great company. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. Yeah. So let me, let's, uh, I'd like to back up a little bit and I, cause I think it'd be important for, for listeners to hear. So, you know, obviously you're doing pressure washing, right? You're mm-hmm. doing trucks, yep. you're doing homes, yep. all that's residential stuff. And then at some point you decided to make a turn and start pushing towards that industrial side, that more commercial side. I, you know, a, a couple things that I would love to hear about in there. And, and one is just, you know, what was it that made you want to turn in that direction? But the other thing is, you know, as there's a lot of men and women out there that are doing residential and they want to make a push into a different, you know, kind of back to uh, the, the story that you wrote that's on your website, um, which we'll I'll give that we'll give that in a little bit. But, you know, in that story, you talk about hunting in new territories and, and, and sometimes you hunt in the wrong territories yeah. and sometimes you find out that you're in, right. a, in a great area. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on your residential and you're going to go into a new area? You know, like wh- what was that process for you? The decision making, what made you want to do it? And, you know, like how hard was it? Or if someone was thinking about going into a new territory like that, like what should they consider? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And I think it, you know, uh, and I, I got to think back like 30 years yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to get that answer. But um, a lot of it was uh, the residential stuff was seasonal. Mm-hmm. You know, pressure washing houses could only happen in the summer. Painting exteriors, obviously, only in the summer. Yeah. And it was so it was extremely cyc- cyclical. And the industrial market is year round. Mm-hmm. And I just, I enjoyed uh, making... Um, contacts and and the the conversations that I had and learning about industrial all the different industrial trades mm-hmm. and and all about the industrial manufacturing you know and I just got a really kick out of being a support person for yeah. that and like um, you know right here in, in Saratoga there's this ball metal yeah they make cans nine million a day. That's crazy. Cans. I had no idea that was their capacity. Yeah. And that was 20 years ago. I have right. no idea what Could they're be doing more, now. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. But huh. 9 million cans, beer cans, soda cans, whatever, a yep. day flew out of there. And when I say flew, I mean, they were on this assembly line. You couldn't. They were going so fast, you can't see them. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying to do some quick math in my head. Like, how many seconds in a day? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a crazy. lot of cans. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but just learning about that and learning what, uh, you know, my customers 
issues were yeah. and what their problems were and how I could help with that, you know, and, you know, in my world of cleaning and painting. And, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, I loved growing relationships. Yeah. Worthwhile. I'm not um, lengthy, you know, meaningful relationships and that last a long time. And, you know, when you go watch somebody's house, okay, yeah, that's done. And, sure. you know, but I think, uh, it's coming back to me. You know, I started washing houses and then all of a sudden I go, I realized, oh, these people have jobs. Where do they work? So I right. started asking everybody, so where do you work? What do you do there? You know, and before you know it, you know, I'm working at Finch Prine. I'm working yeah. at the cement company. I'm working at the other paper mills in town. And, you know, before you know it, we're going, hey, we're getting calls from Saratoga and then Albany and, you know, points further. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, it's a nice market. Now, interesting to know. For especially for the young people listening right mm-hmm. now, that you were doing all this stuff before websites, before social media. It's not like you could put a post out there and get a bunch of work or, yeah. you know, or get found on Google. Yeah. How, how were you? I mean, so that was literally that was your strategy. Like you got some residential business and you just talked to people and were outgoing and friendly and asked questions. I, I joined uh, every chamber of commerce in the whole region. Yeah. You know, uh, Every trade organization, I'd join trade organizations that my customers belong to. Sure. And I'd go and support them at their trade shows and whatnot. Um, and a lot of eating the streets, man, we would just, yeah. we'd have way back in the old days, we'd have these marathon days at the office. We'd, everybody in the office, whether you're a bookkeeper, office manager, sales, support, scheduler, mechanic, mm-hmm. we had phone days. And we'd all have like a hundred people to call. We just dial, call it dial for dollars, but yeah. I mean, and, uh, we'd have fun out of that. And we just call people up and go, Hey, you know, trying to, you know, what can we do to help you or what can we do to support you? Yeah. Sort of thing. And, uh, yeah. And just dial, dial the phone. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Well, I do social media blitz and. Well, you know, it's funny. So I, at least, at least once a week, I have a conversation with a young, and I don't mean young age wise, but like a a newer business owner, their business might be five months. They've had Mm -hmm. it or a year. Or like, I just talked to a guy the other day. He's uh, just finished his first year. Um, Really funny story too, because he's just finishing his first year and just met with his accountant and found out what taxes he was going to yeah. owe. And he was like, I can't believe that. You know, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, welcome to New York <laughs> state, my guy. Yeah. So, um, but at least once a week I have the conversation with someone where they're like, okay, what, what do I need to be doing? Do I need to be on Facebook and Instagram and you know, all these things. And I'm like, I, I got to be honest with you. You don't need to do any of that shit. Yeah. Like what you need to do is you need to get out in the public, talk to people, tell people who you are, what you do, and ask them if they would like to work with you. I mean, yeah. like, it's really, it's that simple. If you, yeah. and like we've talked about, you, yeah. you talk to a hundred people, Probably two of them are going to work with you. So you, you just go. got to keep having that conversation yep. and you keep getting clients and do a great job. Yep. You exactly. Know? It's, uh, it, there's no, there's no magic in marketing, right? I'm, uh, you know, I tell people like, hey, you can spend money and, and I'd love to have you. So I just left a meeting with one of our clients who wanted us to do some social media posts. And I was like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm happy to take your money and do those social media posts, but it's not going to do anything. Yeah. Like there's no magic in social media right now. It's not a lead generation tool. Like there's a bunch of other things you can do, but that's not one of them. So as a company gets older, I mean, I had this term I stole from, uh, I think Brian Tracy, Mm -hmm. one of my mentors and, uh, the, the purpose of, I think you disagreed with us years ago, but I still (laughs) like it. The purpose of marketing is to make selling unnecessary. Sure. You know, but that doesn't work for a startup. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, it works after you get your feet on the ground and, yeah. and get a foothold in the industry. And you have clients. And, and you yeah. have clients. And you can afford in, marketing. In the beginning, you need to attend something like Sandler training where yeah. I learned about, you know, the mar- the phone marathon days and our script. And, yeah. You know yeah. what's funny about that too, Mark, is, and, and you're 100% on, I used to hate marketing. And whenever someone would mention marketing, I'd be like, you don't need, you don't need freaking marketing. You need to go out and sell. Right. And I was like, you need to, you know, you need to pick up the phone. You know? yeah. And, um, what, what I learned is, and now I own a marketing company, which is funny, but what I learned is marketing and selling is it's all part of the same process. Right. And that's where I was always going wrong. And is that it's not sales or marketing, it's sales and marketing. Right. And marketing is just the first step 
in the get new client process, mm-hmm. right? And it's marketing first. And that kind of, that's like, now I tell people, I'm like, marketing's like the Marines. They're going to go in and prepare the ground for the infantry, right? You know, like marketing's the Marines and then Salesforce is your infantry and they come in. And now that if marketing did their job, selling is almost unnecessary, right? They know who you are. They know what you do. They have trust in your brand. They have trust in your products and services. And, you know, the, like to your point. If the marketing is effective, then the salesperson is really just an order taker. They're just there to sign the contract with you, you know? So it's a, yeah, my mind's definitely changed on that stuff. It's still necessary. Yeah. Um, Well, I think it's, it's important to, um, it's pretty simple, you know, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, it sounds simple, but that's, that's hard to do. It is hard to do. You really pay attention. And like, I'll use an example I've used uh, many times. I've had this, um, in our business, we used a lot of lifts, mm-hmm. like man lifts and scissor lifts and JLG lifts and boom lifts and scaffolding. And I had this one guy that worked for a Albany Ladder. His name was John Casella. And whenever I called him, uh, he would take care of me. And, and, you know, sometimes I could give him a notice, hey, I'm going to need this stuff in a few weeks. And sometimes I'd call him in the afternoon and say, hey, I need this lift tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he always said, Mark, I'll make it happen. Oh, that's where the button came from. Oh, yeah, exactly. The freaking make it I'll, happen button. I'll make it happen. He always said that. I'll make it happen. That's hilarious. You know, I didn't always ask how much or or whatever. I just I need this. Can you help me? Yeah. I'll make it happen. So over the course of years, I had other, you know, in this case, lift companies come in, solicit our work. And I go, okay, but here's what you got to do. And here's what your competitor tells me. Mm-hmm. So if you can do this. Like he can, well, I'll, I'll consider hiring you. Mm-hmm. And I tell him the story about John Casella. John Casella, I'll make it happen. That was his comment every time. I'll make it happen, and I knew it was going to happen. So I, I tell the the you know the new salesman knocking on my door, can you say that? And every one of them said, Mark, we're going to do the best we possibly yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to do the best we can, or, or I'll do everything in my power to make you know. Well, sorry. Yeah, they're yeah, not going to. They're not going to commit to that. Doesn't work to that promise. Thanks anyway, but yep. that doesn't work for me. You know. Yeah. So, and that's you know, being an entrepreneur, you have to be able to say that. Yeah. I'll make it happen. And one of the things I uh, we used at AmeriClean, and when we rebranded, we got rid of the term, but I re reused it at Magnet Transport, where uh, it's exactly as promised the first time, on time, every time. Period. And we stand by that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's our that's our way of living. That's a way our we do business, whether it's with um, you know, talking to customers or prospects or other uh, prospective employees. That's how we operate. And that's kind of like John Casella. Make it happen. And rest his soul, he passed away early. And uh, but there was a great salesman right there, a great person. It's uh and and for the for the listeners too, I gotta tell them about the button. So when I was working for Mark, he had uh these button if you remember the old was it staples had the easy yeah. button? Yeah. And that you, was easy. That was easy. Yeah. yeah. And so Mark had these buttons made and when you hit him it would say, I'll make it happen. Who's yeah. was it Jacques' voice on the who's yeah. it yeah. was Jacques' yeah. voice, right? Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. And yeah, we gave those buttons away. We on yeah. the button it said um at the time, well, I guess it was AmeriClean. At the no, time. it was Performance Perform- Industrial. Performance that was part Industrial, of the rebrand, yeah. yeah. And uh, so the button said Performance Industrial. Yeah. And we'd give those out. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, I've been in people's offices where they would tape that button to the door of their office. That's funny. And, you know, picture this conversation being had between, you know, two employees or a boss mm-hmm. and employee or manager and employees. Like, hey, I'd like you to do this today. And they'd go out the door and they'd slap the button. I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, I don't even know how we're doing on time here. Oh, we're doing great. So uh, what do you think along the way, what do you think the biggest the biggest challenge was that you faced? What day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, oh, man. There is... Um, the biggest challenge was me. 
Yeah. You know, and I do now. I, uh, yeah. You're probably going, yeah, you're, you're damn right. You were a child. No, no. I, I mean, for me, I, you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's like the head game they talk about with like golf and different sports. Yeah. Like, you know, your head space is like the, the thing that's really going to mess yeah. you up. And I, I know that for me personally, I think I'm definitely my biggest challenge. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you don't become better, you become bitter. Yeah. And I uh, just, you know, it took me a long time, but I had realization that they, Hey, look, I, I was, the biggest part of the problem many times, you know, if we weren't doing what I had hoped, it wasn't mm-hmm. my staff. It wasn't my kids. It wasn't my wife. It was me. That was the problem. And you know, it takes a lot to see that. Yeah. It's not and, easy. Uh, you know, I can't say I'm great at it now. Still to this day, it's not something I can do all day, every day, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good after <laughs> the fact now. At least 20 minutes after the yeah. fact anyway, not right yeah. away, but like, you know, an hour maybe after the fact, I'm like, oh God, that was, that was my, that was definitely my fault. <laughs> Damn it. What about, um, what do you think business wise, what, what was the, the biggest mistake you ever made? It, it was probably, um, I didn't know it at the time. It goes back to, you know, hiring the right people at the wrong time Yeah, or the wrong people at the right time, you, you know, yeah, not understanding what my needs really were and what not being clear on what my expectations were. I, I think that was the biggest, it was an ongoing mistake. Yeah. You know, I think, um, yeah. For, some, to, for someone listening, cause I, I'm sure that that's not a isolated incident. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure all of us are suffering yeah. similar. So yeah. any words of wisdom as far as how to get past it, get through it, move beyond it. Well, uh, start reading different material. Start yeah. listening to different podcasts. Start watching different TV shows or not. Uh, pay attention to what you read, what you uh, agree, uh, believe in, and making sure that what you're doing is sincere and it's done for the right reasons at the right time. I like that. What um, what are your thoughts on either the importance or no, you know, work ethic? What, what are your what, what are your thoughts on work ethic? That's a tough one. I mean, there's that's more of an opinion, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about all oh, this, you know. You know, I'm 65 this year. I'm not 65 yet. I got 29 <laughs> more days. <laughs> so you're still 64 is what I'm you're still saying. 64. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, you know, a lot of talk, uh, you know, among my age group, all oh, the, you know, younger people nowadays, they don't, they don't realize what it was like back in the old days. Right. You, you know, and I mean, work ethic. I mean, I, I, I uh, I've been working since the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I worked on a farm in fifth grade. All I was doing is helping with the hand, you know, but I thought it was a big deal that, you know, they sent the hand farm, stuff work. farmer sent his daughter down at the end of the year with a check for 20 bucks. I thought that was the biggest deal ever. Yeah. I made 20 bucks hand, hey. you know, and it was fun because I helped, I hung out with older people. I was fifth grade. So I was only like 10 or 11. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd, we'd go, you know, swimming in the brook afterwards and, you know, all that. With the farmer's um, daughter? daughter? No, no, no. I was too young for that. But, uh, um, you know, and right, you know, I, uh, I had bought a lawn, my own lawnmower when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. And I was mowing lawns. And then, you know, paper route, TV guide route. And, you know, so I was an entrepreneur early, even though I didn't know it. And a hard worker, obviously. And, yeah, you just work. Right. You know, and the work ethic, I think, came from driving because in order to make this before a lot of the regulations and we mm-hmm. could kind of drive all we wanted to. And yeah, uh, I did, you know, cause I'd like making money and I needed to make money for the family. And, you know, so working 20 hour days was common, mm-hmm. quite common. <laughs> yeah. Know? There's, there were some stints that, I mean, the longest I ever stayed up was for 41 hours. And driving for probably 37 of that, you know. That's a lot of driving. And I don't know if you call that work ethic, but it's it's called stupid, really. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it makes you realize that 
hey, it's not, you know, having a strong work, work, work ethic usually, uh, usually uh, happens. It doesn't happen on a, you know, nine to five job. Sure. You know, I mean, you can have good work, work ethic for that eight hours, but I guess people from old school, like I'm talking about, like yeah. I mentioned, it's like, hey, you don't have work ethic till you work 20 hours, 30 hours. You know, right, straight. straight. And, you know, it, it got me through, but I wouldn't suggest that to anybody. I think there's smarter ways to do things mm -hmm. rather than just bowl through it, you know, hour after hour. Yeah. But, you know, even at when I was AmeriClean and we'd be doing my first thing into like paper mill shutdowns, you know, hey, we're down for four days. We got to do all this. This work has to get done in those four days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they didn't have any choice but to work extremely long hours during that and ask people that worked for me to do that. So yeah. we learned, you know, we learned what their work ethic was. Um, was it always the safest thing? No. Did we, was it always successful? No. I think uh, there's a fine line. I think as, as old guys, you know, talk about the work, work ethic of the younger generation, things have changed, you know, to, for the better. I mean, safety wise, for yeah. one thing, you know, we're not allowed to work. You know, driving. We're not allowed to drive over 11 hours a day. That's enough driving. Yeah. You know, it's a good amount of driving. That's for it's sure. a good amount of driving. And, you know, the same with the, you know, the ocean, the safety regulations, you, you know, you just, yeah. it's just wrong to ask someone to work, you know, much more than 10 or 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but back in the day, that was a common occurrence. Um, as far as, college goes so you know obviously there's a lot of uh, difference in uh, opinions as far as the importance of college versus going to a trade school or no school or any of those things um and i and i it's my belief and i'm not saying that i'm right but it's my belief that you know there, college is definitely needed for a lot of things like i want my doctor or my dentist to go <laughs> to college i want my yeah. lawyer to have graduated <laughs> law school yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's just a lot of people out there that college is not right for, and they could do really well in the trades. What, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, you know? Well, uh, obviously I didn't go to college. Do I wish I did? Uh, a little bit. I, I wished I learned more about numbers, financing, mm -hmm. number crunching, accounting, um, because I still do math in my head, and that's my that's my limit. I mean, I do use a calculator, but I don't. Well, you're doing better than I because uh, I can't do shit unless I got my phone and I use a calculator yeah. on my phone. Because I literally I cannot add anything anymore. I'd yeah, like, um, so dependent. But I know, you know, I was in this uh, one of the associations I joined to meet new people was American Marketing Association. Mm -hmm. You know, they had meetings every month, and they there'd be every month dinner luncheons they'd have uh, these college kids there in a marketing degree so i so what are they teaching marketing school and i didn't even know the language i couldn't it's mm -hmm. like i i'm going these people don't have a clue is that really what they're teaching them <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> they don't teach them marketing that's for sure well yeah it's like it's like you know but you take um i might go off your subject yeah here, no but, do it um like culinary school yeah all right you can go to culinary school and learn how to be a great chef. Yeah. You know, but I've done seminars at the culinary school about the importance of keeping their exhaust hoods clean and the exhaust system, which is important to save fires and save the buildings. And they don't. And if I wasn't there telling them that, they don't teach them that in culinary school. Right. They don't right. teach them anything about running a business. Right. How to manage people or you know, checkbook or accounting or how to, all this stuff. So, and I, I don't, I, I can't picture any college where you're going to learn about entrepreneurship unless you start doing it or hang out with other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And same goes with auto mechanic. You know, you might be a great auto mechanic, but that doesn't mean that you'd be a great auto shop owner. Yeah. You know, I, I see that a lot. Um, you know, and same, you, you mentioned doctors and dentists and lawyers. They don't teach doctors and dentists and lawyers how to run a, a practice. Right. <laughs> they just teach them how to be doctors, dentists, and lawyers, and how to do things right, ethically, and all that. Yep. You know, 
and the rest comes from school of hard knocks. And I don't, um, so you asked me a question. I don't know if I answered it. No, I I, you did. I, my question, <laughs> you know, and, and you did though, it's just, is do, do people really need college if they're going to go into the trades, I guess is, is the question or even better yet. Like, is it possible? Cause I, there's tons of people out there that are not going to go to college yeah. and they're going to think they're going to resign themselves to having to be in a low level employee for the rest of their lives because of the story that I don't have a college degree. Yeah. I can't make money. Well, poor them, you know, right. <laughs> Get off it. Yeah. You can be successful. You can. Yeah, you can. And once again, it, it comes down to, you know, what books are you reading? What are you listening to on the news? What are you, what are your friends doing? Mm-hmm. You know, your friends, are your friends just party animals and you want to party or are your friends business owners that can help you yeah. become a business and help you? Like, say, if you have a passion to, you know, to be a mechanic, that's blue collar. Mm-hmm. It's like, Okay. Do you want to be a mechanic or do you want to own an auto shop? You know, and if you want to yep. own an auto shop, you hang out with people that own auto shops. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. <laughs> you can learn how to be a mechanic in a trade school, yep. whether it's BOCES. In my town, it's called Industrial Arts or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, I took a year of drafting, which, you know, I was able to read blueprints. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Out of it. And I took a year of automotive, which I learned to fix things enough yep. to. You know, everybody that knows me real well knows I can't fix things, but I, <laughs> I, I know how and I know what to do, but I don't know how to do it. Sure. Or maybe it's the other way around. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know how to break things worse yeah. than they were oh, yeah. before in my efforts to fix things. Yeah. And one of my sayings is, yeah, I broke it, but there's people that get paid to fix that shit. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Creating work for people. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, when in, with regards to, or no, let me ask you this. Actually, it, it for anyone listening, just because we're getting short on time, and I and I want to talk about uh, live life wide open. Okay. Um, with regards to the people listening, all four of them, maybe five <laughs> of them. Uh, if you're going to tell them one thing to help, you know, we don't have to call it advice, but you're going to tell them one thing that's going to help them on their path to being a blue collar business owner, what would you tell them? Um, start hanging out with blue collar business owners. Yeah. Start, uh, find out what they're reading, what they're listening to, what they're, uh, paying attention to and mm-hmm. what, what do they, uh, what do they not do? What, what are the, what are the uh, things that they don't allow in their lives to happen? Pay attention to that. You know, success leaves clues, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You gotta, it, and finding that right mix of people is you, you gotta get out there. You gotta, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it's, you can start networking at Sandy's, <laughs> you know, for instance, or well, you, you can't can, anymore because it's closed. No, but, but. <laughs> use that as an example, you know, you can start networking, uh, it, it, um, there, uh, there's tons of stuff available online. Yeah. Y- you know, you can, uh, you can go to my website, my personal website at livelifewideopen.com. And there's a yeah. section there where I list all the books that are most important to me and all the mentors that are most important to me that gained the most, you know, if you yeah. want to, if you want to, if you want to learn more about that, go to that site. And you can see it. It's just stuff there sitting there for free for people to use. There's a couple stories I wrote about being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, you know, one of those, there's a story about me realizing that I was part of the problem, you know, and how I came about fixing that or trying to. Yeah. It's still a work in progress. But. Well, everything <laughs> is, right? Um, you know, because you'll become just like the people you hang around with the most or you'll become like if you're reading uh, junk books or dramas or yeah. whatever, everybody needs to do stuff to have a little personal release or, you know, just get away from it all. And maybe yeah. you bury, bury yourself in any kind of book. But, you know, if you want to make a difference, read something that will make a difference in your life. I appreciate that. Uh, so tell us a little. So, well, now you told us about Live Life Wide Open. Yeah. Um, 
where else, you know, if someone wants to contact you, because are you still doing uh, any work with SCORE? No, I, uh, well, I started, when I started the trucking company, um, I started, well, I was driving a little bit and I started to take SCORE calls when I was traveling and, and uh, I really enjoyed being a volunteer for SCORE. Yeah. And I would encourage any business owner to become a volunteer. You don't have to be retired. Right. <laughs> the R in SCORE stands for retired. E is retired executives. Yeah. You don't have to be retired. The The whole country would benefit greatly by more younger business owners being in SCORE as a volunteer. Yeah. I would encourage anyone to do that. Um, I forgot the question you I, no, that I went just, off on a tangent. Again. No, that's that's okay. <laughs> no, I wanted to hear about if you're still doing score, but really in general, if anyone has any questions or yeah. they they like what you're saying, they got a yeah. question for you specifically. Is there a way for them to contact you? Well, you can uh, reach me through uh, Live Life Wide Open. Uh, my I have a personal email address. It's Mark at LiveLifeWideOpen.com. The new business that I started with my stepson Drew, uh, the trucking company is Magnet Transport Group. You can find us online. Um, you can get a hold of us through, uh, you know, our website, magnettransportgroup.com or other social channels. My old company, my uh, son, Bill, and wife, his wife, Karen, would be glad to hear from you. And, you know, they're willing, to, I'm sure they're willing to share their things too, because, you know. Uh, I got to reach they, out to Bill. I hear, uh, I hear he's my neighbor, or going to be my yeah, neighbor yeah. Over, yeah. over in Greenfield. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's, uh, yeah. that's exciting. They're doing real good. I mean, they've, in, it's been three years. Okay. They've doubled the revenue, doubled no their headcount. Yeah. They're wow. doing extremely well. I'm just really proud of them. Yeah, I bet you are. I bet you are. That's awesome. Well, I uh, we're going to have you back on, too. and have you and Drew come on yeah. and talk about Magnet. Yeah. yeah. Love to. Yeah, that'll be yeah. great. That'll be a that's good story. A, that's a blue-collar business. Yeah. Truck. Hell yeah, it is. And, um, you know, it's a business. Business is business. Yeah. You know. I'm bringing the business side, my business knowledge to our trucking company. Yep. And and you can you can own a trucking company without a lot of knowledge. If you just want to be self-employed, buy a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or you know, and any anybody can do that. It just anybody with some credit. And if you don't sure. have credit, there's other ways to get money too. But um, but anyway. Yeah, so I'm looking forward yeah. to have you back yeah. on and cover that. Yeah, so. it'd be fun. And I and I again, I just want to say thanks for coming down and uh, and yeah. jumping on the show with us. Glad to be here. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We will be back next week and with another show. Hopefully, Derek will be with us. I'm sure he will. And until next time, blue collar business, blue collar startup.